23andMe's Health Plus Ancestry Kit is a personalized tool for understanding how your genes may influence your health. Start the year by learning more about your DNA. Go to 23andMe.com fool to get $30 off each Health Plus Ancestry Kit now through January 31st. It's Thursday, January 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Ron Gross from Motley Fool Total Income and Jeff Fisher from Motley Fool Pro and Options. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, Mac. How are you? I'm good. How are you feeling? I'm feeling wonderful. Jeff, you had, as well. you had a birthday this week. I did. It was uh, Martin Luther King Day. And, and Ron, what'd you get, Jeff? Uh, a Facebook best wishes. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. I, 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 I wrapped it myself. That was so that was unfair. Awesome. I, didn't, I didn't get him anything. Okay, well, on today's show, we're going to talk some Amazon and some Bitcoin. But we begin with big news from Apple. Guys, on Wednesday, Apple announcing that it will invest $350 billion, that seems like a lot, $350 billion in the <laughs> U.S. over the next five years. That's going to include a new campus and 20,000 new jobs. Apple also said it will pay a one-time tax of $38 billion on its overseas cash holdings. Jeff, I've got two questions here. What does it mean for Apple investors, and what does it mean for the broader market? What it means for Apple investors is Apple is very optimistic about its future, at least as far as the next five years go, and hopefully much longer than that, or they wouldn't spend this money. What it means for the broader market is possibly more tailwinds this year for stocks, at least stocks of large-cap companies with a lot of money overseas who are set to bring at least some of that money back. Now, Apple is the giant of them all. Its cash overseas represents about 14% of the entire U.S. tech industry's cash made overseas. Wow. And when it brings that money back, it represents about 11% of all the S&P 500's possible money coming back overseas and the tax bill that will get paid to the government here. So it's it's the big uh, the biggest giant of them all, and it's making its move early and making it very, very vocally, which may inspire other companies that I'm sure we're already thinking about it, but maybe to do it more quickly. So net net, I would say it's a positive for the stock market, at least the S and P 500. That doesn't mean the stock market will go up because of it. It does not. But it may help. Uh, if it does decline, it may help it decline less. Say, you know, it's it's a small tailwind. Yeah, hard to disagree with anything Jeff said. I think it's it's good for Apple shareholders. Interestingly, the company has um, returned 230-ish billion dollars to shareholders over the last five years through dividends and share buybacks, and most of that has been a lot of that, I should say, has been done through them borrowing money at very low interest rates in order to get that done, because 90% plus of their cash is actually held overseas, interestingly enough. Um, so, I would expect to see the continuation of return of capital to shareholders, perhaps now with their actual own cash, um, in conjunction with borrowing as long as interest rates stay low. But now, they'll actually have their own capital to return, and they're still not going to need all of that. I mean, yes, they're going to make $30 billion in CapEx over the next five years that they've committed. Um, Committed in quotes um, over the next five years as part of this, but is is that something really that special? They they did twelve million or so in capex last year, so uh, you know thirty billion over five years is is not some huge commitment that is above and beyond what they would have done anyway. Um, so the company will continue to reinvest in its business. Will continue to reward shareholders through buybacks and dividends. Um, I think we now. 
we'll see other companies follow suit, taking advantage of this one-time repatriation tax um, lower rate of 15.5% versus the 21% typical um, corporate tax rate that will be now will be in place. So, you'll see more money coming back. You'll see um, more money being paid in taxes, but there's a savings there, because it's only 15.5%. And it'll accrue to, hopefully, both employees and shareholders. My take on it is that shareholders will benefit more. Yeah, Ron, it made me think too. So you have this one time 15% repatriation tax. What happens five years from now after Apple has built up $100 billion again overseas? Do they wait for another one time low tax rate? Or Good question. I guess we'll see how history reports whether this whole, <laughs> this whole thing was successful or not. We'll see where the deficit is, where our debt is. Um, whether the the whole corporate tax plan has has worked or not, and and then I, I guess our our legislators will make a decision. Okay, so that all sounds good. As an Apple investor, as a shareholder, I'm heartened to hear everything you just said. But it can't all be sunshine and rainbows. So here's my question for Apple: When you look at the company going forward, what's the biggest challenge? What's the one thing that would keep you up at night? Please, please, Jeff. Okay, I'll jump in first. Yes, you, you must have the same answer. I do. It all rides I'm on sure. the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've heard of that. The iPhone X, which some reports say is is shipping well, but not as well as hoped. Uh, ditto with the iPhone 8 in China, at least. Uh, so, a, a slowdown that's uh, modest any given quarter is is okay. But if if the trend continues in that direction. You have issues on your hand. They need to do something to change that if that happens. Yeah, and I'll just throw in the fancy term of refresh cycle. Um, how often do phones get refreshed? How often do people need to upgrade? Um, can Apple continue to be innovated enough to want people to drive um, that refresh? And will they pay a thousand dollars for the iPhone X? Will they continue? Will will they be able to continue to have pricing power? Will the innovations be such that people will want to continue to pay more and more um, each cycle? And and that's really what is going to drive profits, cash flow, and the stock price for Apple. And if I'm an indication there, I I have device fatigue. I admitted this on a show recently. So for the first time ever, I'm not upgrading my iPhone. What I'm doing is I'm getting the battery replaced. So I have an iPhone six. Uh-huh. I love it. It does the job. I'm like I don't need a new iPhone. All right. So. I just need a new battery. So I'm going to pay thirty nine bucks. So I'm actually. That's that's not a good development for that's Apple. That's not good, but I will counter that for those <laughs> Apple shareholders out there of which I am which I have upgraded to the 10 and it took a weekend to get used to it. I was a little bit unsure, but now I I've, I probably have never been happier with a phone. I think it's a pretty fantastic device. But what can you do with your 10 that I can't do with I my 6? I can't six? tell you that. No. Um <laughs> the facial recognition is cool. I don't know if cool really translates to wanting to spend more, but it works perfectly. I was actually um, very concerned that I would would not like it, and it wouldn't work. The camera is a significant upgrade. Um, the screen is larger because you no longer have that home button at the bottom. You know, it's faster. The battery life is better. It, it is an improvement for sure. So, Mac, I want to point out too that Apple called out that it's going to invest at least ten billion just towards data centers, which it's been doing all along. But that's still a lot of money, especially when you consider it's far from just Apple investing so much money in data centers. It's Facebook, it's Amazon, it's Alphabet. It's Microsoft. All these giants are pouring tens of billions of dollars into data centers, which means you have to seriously look at everything from applied materials to Intel to NVIDIA. 
uh, all these companies that benefit as people spend on semiconductors and and servers and whatnot. And guys, let's move to Amazon. Amazon has chosen the 20 finalists for its second headquarters. The finalists are Atlanta, Austin, Boston, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Denver, Indianapolis, Los Angeles, Miami, Montgomery County, Maryland, Ron, Nashville, Newark, New York, Northern Virginia, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Raleigh, Toronto, <laughs> and DC. Are people still listening? That's yes, good. that whole list. Hey, good podcast. You got to bring them in. I don't want. You know, I was thinking maybe I'll just read a few, but then I don't want someone in like Raleigh upset. So, well, CNBC says uh, Charlotte, Raleigh, Durham is actually based on their analysis the best place. The is best that right? Fit. Yes. In Toronto, the only Canadian name on that list. Do we do we have an early favorite when we hear that list? Well, you know what I know is uh, everything is a city, at least on the list I'm reading, except for two, which are Montgomery County, Maryland, and Northern Virginia, which are two greater regions. It's very interesting you say that. Everything in Montgomery County, where I live, it's everything is talked about in county terms. Yep. Um, and the school system is county-based, not town-based or, or kind of you know subdivision-based. So it is very interesting that you point that out, and, and it's it's unique. Montgomery, you, know, you got to be careful what you wish for. With make this the Amazon case, Ron. Thing. Make the case. I'm not Come sure on. I want to make the. Case because traffic is already so darn lousy, it's going to get worse. Apartment prices are projected to spike as a result because you can't bring in fifty thousand people, and they won't all be brought in. Some already live there, but you know you'll see apartment prices spike. Perhaps median house prices will spike too, which I wouldn't mind as as a homeowner. In fact, Seattle's median home price in. is up 17% from a year ago, if that's any indication. But you know what? Traffic congestion is also up quite a bit. Um, so there, there are pros and cons. Obviously, it's a tremendous injection of, into the local economy. It's great for taxes into the local economy. It's great for um, em- employment. But it, it's not great for congestion and how crowded everything will be, and you know, never get a table at a restaurant ever again. <laughs> it's not all about you, Ron. Oh, come on, oh, oh, come oh. on. I thought you asked me the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so as as we as we kind of wrap up this story, do you have Jeff? Do you have any thoughts on who you think the favorites are, or what investors should do with all this? I, I think it is an exciting story. It's the biggest kind of auction or, or bidding. War for a new company headquarters since the 1980s. I read since GE was it GE? No, General Motors was was building something, and everyone went after them. But it'll it'll certainly change the lives of hundreds of thousands of people, if not more, who live in that area, millions, and all the people who end up living there. So they're looking for it. They need enough tech talent in that region, and to draw enough tech talent who want to stay in the region. That's important. They need enough space, good housing, good schools. Northern Virginia. Feels like you're describing Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia, Metro access is important. Northern Virginia, (laughs) Northern Montgomery County, where there's still plenty of urban sprawl yet to occur. (laughs) Not that there is. Not near your restaurants. Exactly. All these things they're looking at, of course. And then it's the behind the scenes incentives that we're not hearing about. The only one I could find was Newark, New Jersey. Offered up to seven billion in tax incentives. Well, yeah, they'd have to, wouldn't they? It's a lot of money. <laughs> wow! I used to live right we, outside. Okay, of Newark. you're New Jersey. Shout out to my New Jersey. Okay, thank you. My New Jersey. Shout family. out or yeah, SmackDown. Yeah, we yeah. should add that you're you're from New Jersey. So I'm you're, from New York, but I lived in New Jersey in my uh, early thirties. So, are you allowed to make that comment? I hope so. <laughs> so we don't know the incentives the other nineteen contenders are offering, but Amazon obviously is going to look at all the benefits of each location and then go with it. Um, I would say this region has a good chance. So my dark horse is Atlanta. 
I'm going to go. I think Atlanta is going to be the new because that airport home. needs a little more congestion. Yeah, no, I just think I think kind of somewhere in the South and mix it up and and Northern Virginia and D.C. and New York and Boston. That's all too predictable. So I'm going to go Atlanta first and Raleigh second. Give me your top two. I'll say Montgomery County because it's a little easier than D.C. More space, and yet you're right in D.C. You're not far from New York and the whole upper Northeast. Uh, yeah, Montgomery County will be top. Let's say everyone's waiting with bated breath for this. <laughs> no, they just clicked <laughs> off. They stop. Off to somewhere else. Uh, Chicago, my hometown of Chicago. Okay, Ron. I'm, I'm Montgomery County, so I think maybe that's in the lead in Raleigh Durham. Okay. Well, guys, before we continue our conversation, I want to mention that this episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by 23andMe. 23andMe's Health Plus Ancestry Kit is a personalized tool for understanding how your genes could influence your health. You send in just a small saliva sample, and you'll receive more than 75 online reports on topics like lactose intolerance, genetic weight, and how your genes may impact your risk for certain diseases. Start the year by learning more about your DNA. Go to 23andMe.com fool to get $30 off each Health Plus Ancestry Kit, now through January 31st. That's the number 23andme.com slash fool. And guys, our final story, courtesy of Bloomberg, crypto hacking. Jeff, you sent this one to me, and I'm just going to read the headline from the Bloomberg story. Hackers have walked off with about 14% of big digital currencies. Yeah, that's the research put out by Autonomous Research. Uh, that's what the, that's what they're saying, and it's, it's put some companies out of Business, of course, uh, Ubit filed for bankruptcy after it lost 17% of its assets in December, and Nice Hash lost up to 63. <laughs> you made that up. Nice Hash, <laughs> 63 million in Bitcoin from its virtual wallet. So that the bottom line, the point is, it's more difficult to hack into virtual currencies, but it's possible and it's more lucrative than your typical hacking. So. You know people are going after it, and there's always a time lag from when something really takes off and becomes mainstream, or at least highly popular and touted, to the hackers showing up and taking from it what they can. Even blockchain is vulnerable. There are ways to get into blockchain. They've analyzed that you can get in there and delay the reporting of blockchain enough so that you can spend your Bitcoin twice, at least <laughs> twice, which would is not... <laughs> So you know, as with any new technology, it's going to have its 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 weaknesses, and it's another reason to be to be cautious. Yeah, I would say kind of the overriding thing that we're talking about here, which wouldn't mitigate it completely because by, by recent examples, but it's regulation. It's an unregulated. It's the wild west right now, and even if you regulate it, you'll still get hacked, as we've seen time and time again with credit cards. But still, the volatility we've seen recently is a result of folks being. Concerned about regulation actually coming in, they're not. They're not worried about things becoming more regulated. They're worried about more regulation, not less. South Korea talking about shutting down cryptocurrency exchanges. China talking about um, banning centralized trading of digital currencies. This is the reason, the conventional wisdom for the weakness we've seen um, recently in in, in 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 currencies like Bitcoin, which was off 50 percent from its December high. Certainly, um, these investments are are not for the weak of heart. And not for folks that um, are afraid of volatility. 
And again, since it is the Wild West, we don't know how this is going to shake out. So please, buyer beware. Yeah, and I read the IRS has has called Bitcoin an asset now. Have you seen that, Ron? I, I only found it from one source. I wanted to find another source, but I know that we use that term around here. Crypto assets is like the the new buzz term, but I haven't, I haven't so seen that. So if the IRS has called it an asset, you need to file taxes on it. Any any gains and losses, and now the SEC. If you want to if you want to open a, a trading platform for Bitcoin, you need to file with the SEC. So yeah, regulation is coming. That's changes the game a little bit. I mean, it's necessary, right? It oh, has yeah. to come, and the price has to adjust to become a regulated asset, which I think, in in, in the short term, could be bad for folks who, who bought it at a, a, an inflated price, but in the end, it's, it's good and necessary. Well, as we wrap up here, um, you mentioned it could be bad for folks. It was a bad week for the Winklevoss twins. Oh, yeah. for, for those of you just joining us, the Winklevoss twins were involved with Mark Zuckerberg. They sued him. Um, claiming that he stole their idea for Facebook, right? That he stole the idea for Facebook. So there's a settlement there. Well, what you need to know about the Winklevi now, that's what we call the <laughs> twins, the Winklevi, is that they are big players in the in the whole um, bit currency market. Yep. Yeah, Bitcoin market. And how big, you ask? Over the course of two days this week, the Winklevoss twins lost around $600 million. In Bitcoin wealth, Oof. but they still probably have around four hundred. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you have any advice in terms of how they can kind of live below their means? Because that's 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 not easy. Coupons. I, mean, I don't know about really you. stretch the dollar. I mean, I don't know about you, but when you lose six hundred million in a week, I mean, that is this is our first world yeah. problem edition. Yeah. Jeff, what do you think? Uh, I think Ron hit it right. They're coupons, and they can go to Groupon.com. Yeah, it's a thriving business. Yeah, uh, and the coupons really... are harder to hack, right? You can't really hack that. Maybe. Supplement. Exactly. You could you could try to Xerox them. That's not even a word anymore. You could try to copy them. Okay, well, um, but that never works. Yeah. Speaking of hacking, there are thousands of different kinds of uh, blockchain software codes written, and I read a comparison that something that compared it to web browsers. So those of us old enough remember in the '90s there were all kinds of different web browsers, and they were all vulnerable in different ways until only a small handful, three or four. Took over and became mainstream. Same sort of thing is likely to happen with blockchain. All of these, so many of these thousands are vulnerable until it boils down to one or two that that take the lead. My final tip is craft mac and cheese. Is is, is a That's delicious, true. cheap, and you know, which you can stretch your dollars. So the Winklevi could could maybe load up on a case of craft mac. They we should have... they should buy some Facebook stock too. <laughs> wow, that hits close to home. You know, on the mac and cheese front, we have a friend who doubles the amount of butter. She puts in it. Wow. Caution yeah. to the wind. Yes. It's good. It's How solid, could it not be but good? But I'm like, oh my God, you are making a deal with the devil because that, that can't be good <laughs> for you. I respect that. Okay, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Mac. Thank As you. always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>